Can I introduce you to the book of Revelation for a few moments? And we'll pick it up and look at Revelation in more detail in our next class. My goal in my discussion with you here of Revelation, this class and the next, and the next after that, is to help you become more comfortable reading the book of Revelation, having more of a sense that you can make uh, something of the book, know how to navigate through it, and to make you not only comfortable uh, yourself, but to give you a sense of ease, uh, so that if you're a teacher in the church, you don't quiver whenever somebody's, you know, whenever you're done studying the book of, uh, you know, Samuel or, or First Peter, what would you like to study next? Well, let's study Revelation, you know, so that you don't, you don't get the chills when they say that. So you're willing to say, yeah, you know, that's a good idea. Why don't we do an overview of the book of Revelation? I would like to at least equip everybody to have the sense that you could give a four-week overview to the book of Revelation, which is a really good way to start and hit the main themes of the book. That's what I'd like to aim for, at a minimum, for all of you who are here. I have a strategy for the book, and that is uh, one that's summarized by the acronym COPE. First thing you have to do is confess, that's C, confess that the book is difficult. Read a really obscure passage and say to yourself, this is really obscure. I really don't know what this means. <laughs> Number two, orient people to the basics of the book. Um, things like who wrote it, when, why. And present the main themes that run throughout the book. Actually, there are certain themes that pervade the book of Revelation and would make a wonderful three or four week study even if you never want to delve into it in great detail. Number four, you want to explain to them the options, the different ways of understanding the book. Here, if I can uh, you know, kind of go back the opposite direction, it's very important, unlike with Mormons, where you need to be tough with them, it's very important when working through a book like Revelation to be gentle and mild and agreeable because Christians could get into fights over this. And we have to remember that the enemy is not our fellow Christian, that the enemy is, is unbelief. So you don't want to teach Revelation in a way that will cause division in your church. And if somebody disagrees with you sharply, it's really always the right thing to do when you're in the book of Revelation to say, um, unless they're denying the deity of Christ or something, of course, or denying his return. But if it's a matter of interpretation, it's always important to be, to be humble and to recognize that, that wonderful people have taken, and great scholars, have taken different views of the book. Good call to humility then. Okay. Uh, let's just orient ourselves to the book a little bit. Just kind of get the backgrounds going. Uh, John wrote the book of Revelation. Same John, I believe, that wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He is a pastoral figure in this book, as he was. Also in the pastoral, uh, sorry, in uh, the letters, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He's writing letters to seven real churches. When you look at the letters of the seven churches, you need to realize these are real cities with real people who are having real struggles and joys in the year 90 or 95 A.D. when John wrote. This is, this is real. Yeah. Second, then, the readers are seven actual churches with particular needs, which we'll study, although it's also for the church universal. We can see that especially at the end of the book where he talks about uh, about you know, treasuring these words and not changing any words. 
and so forth. And he talks about the return of Christ and the coming of his kingdom, which we all need to know about. The genre of Revelation uh, can be discussed. People have different ideas as to what it is. If you look at your notes, you can see what the book is. What is the book? If you read the book of Revelation, what does it seem to be? It seems to be prophecy. What else does it seem to be? It also seems to be a letter. Seven letters to seven real churches. What else does it seem to be? It also seems to be apocalyptic literature. Apocalyptic literature is literature with, um, with lots of imagery, profusion of images, sometimes startling images. And the book of Revelation is apocalyptic. In fact, if you look at Revelation, it has epistolary greetings and it writes letters to seven churches in verse 4 of chapter 1. In chapter 1 of verse of, of in 1 1, verse 1, chapter 1, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, and the word for revelation there is Greek apocalypsis. That's an apocalypse. It's also a book of prophecy. Now, I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about it carefully before you answer it. If the book of Revelation is prophecy, what time frame is it about? Is it about the past, the present, or the future? Why do you say it's about the future? How many of you think it's about the present? You can raise your hand more than once. Present? How many think it's about the past? Okay, very good. Everybody who's been exercising their right arm has got the correct answer. Because prophecy is about the past, the present, and the future. If you know your Old Testament prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, for example, others, they are often interpreting the recent past of Israel or saying, you know, this happened to the nation, here's what it signifies. They interpret the past. They, of course, interpret the present. They get where they give words for the present, and they also speak to the future. And, of course, in a way, we can understand that because a prophet has the mind of God, and God sees past, present, and future, we might say, indifferently, and therefore he can speak to the past and the present and the future equally. For those who say the book of Revelation is about the future, then we say you're absolutely right. We have to be agreeable. Remember that? If somebody says the book of Revelation is all about the future, we say you're right, it is. If somebody says it's about the past, we say you're right, it is. Uh, the main thing I would say, though, if somebody said, what do you think the book of Revelation is about? I would say the book of Revelation is about Jesus, because it says so. The book says that it's prophecy. In chapter 1, verse 3, for example, it says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And it also calls itself prophecy in chapter 22 about four times. Chapter 19, verse 10, says, when John meets an angel, the angel says to him, you know, Don't worship me, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I take that to be a central statement in the book of Revelation. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. It is a book of prophecy. And it is the responsibility of prophecy to testify to Christ. Many ways to do that. Not always talking about the cross by any means. But it is about Christ. When was the book written? I believe the book was written, most people say it was, during the reign of Domitian, an emperor who was reigning at the end of the first century, died, I think, in the year 96 A.D. 
And there's a reason why people believe that. There's a bit of church history or tradition that says that. There's something about Domitian that makes it right. And that is, the Domitian was one of a handful of emperors in the, in the first century A.D., who insisted on his deity during his lifetime. Did we talk about this earlier? How the emperors, when they died, would become a god, but there were a few. Do you remember who they were? A few that... Caligula was one. Nero was another. Domitian was the third. There's one who wanted to be uh, granted deity. Now, if you can just picture it this way, if you were a friend of the emperor, it could be a kind of a tricky question as to what you would call him, couldn't it? Uh, now, here at the seminary, students occasionally wonder what they should call me. Let's say if we go to the same church, or if I bump into them often and we talk to each other a lot, is what shall I call you? And my general rule of thumb is if I have sneakers on, you can call me Dan. And if I have a tie and black shoes on, probably call me Dr. Doriani, especially if it's the classroom. Especially if there's sneakers on, you know, if you're playing basketball. Pass the ball to me, Dr. Doriani. By the time you finish saying it, you know, you've run out of court or you're covered or something. So just call me Dan. All right. What do you call the emperor Domitian if you're his friend? Did he just say, just call me Dom? No. Domitian said, just call me my Lord and my God, and if you don't, I'll kill you. And he did. Or, if you wish, if my wife is with me, you may call us our Lord and his consort. Those are the two titles that, that pleased Domitian. And so you see, since of course a Christian would not call Domitian my Lord and my God, and since a Christian would not call him our Lord and his consort, Christians were liable for persecution by the power of the Roman government, which is indeed what we have uh, constantly, especially chapters 13, 14, 17, um, 12, well, 12 through 14 especially, uh, in the book of Revelation. The problem of the Roman Empire demanding worship for its governors. That's the backdrop for the book. When was the book written? The book was written during the reign of Domitian then. It seems, it never says it anywhere, of course. There's one other thing that makes us think that it was written around then. Because the church has to be old enough or mature enough to have the problems that are described. The church at Ephesus, by the time Revelation is written, has stagnated and lost its first love. The church at Ephesus was planted by Paul, also visited by Peter and by Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila, repeatedly in the 50s and 60s. It takes a little time to go from being the centerpiece of, of Christianity, its region, Asia Minor, having all these apostolic visits to coldness. It takes a few decades. Can you see that? We could also look at the church at Laodicea, which is chastised for pride over its riches. It was destroyed by an earthquake in 60, 61 A.D. It takes some time to rebuild. And most of the New Testament has to be written because the book of Revelation is steeped in the New Testament. Now, I have the citations in front of you. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. I'd rather say, would you please read this and see how the book of Revelation shows itself to be grounded throughout in the words of Christ, the words of the Apostle Paul, the, the teaching of the apostolic body. And what's going to happen is, when you look at this book, 
going to see that revelation in this crisis in the life of the church is going to draw on all of the scriptures, the whole scriptures, to see how this time of challenge from Domitian shall be met.